What is up, everybody? Pete Kennedy here from Subway Sports Talk with a great episode coming your way. A special episode as well. If you're a Subway Sports Talk listener a year ago, almost to the date, but really for the entirety of last year's football season, you are well aware of who this man is, who I will be talking to and interviewing today. His name is Rocco Del Puri, and he was recently announced as the new head coach of Monsignor Farrell High School on Staten Island. Now, if you don't know much about that school, you don't know much about perhaps my history with that school or that I currently work at that school, it's close to my heart, and Rocco is a good friend of mine, and it was incredibly special to him to be announced as the head coach of this football program. The sixth coach in 58 years of a program that's won many championships, won a whole lot of games, and looking to do a whole lot more. So if you're a normal Subway Sports Talk listener, without the Staten Island connection, without the Monsignor Farrell connection, I still recommend staying along because Rocco was with us the entirety of last year's football season, breaking down the NFL, breaking down week after week what we saw on Sundays. And then obviously that was because there was no season last fall. There was a pandemic, no high school season. Now this past year, he had his own team to coach. And that led him to now becoming the head coach of that same program. So if you're not a Staten Island guy, not a Farrell guy, there's still a lot to take out of this talk with Rock. We got into a whole lot of stuff. First off, we talk about Joe Burrow and the Bengals and Coach Lou Anarumo, another coach from Staten Island. And we talked about Matt Stafford and the Rams and a quick little mini conference championship reaction, Super Bowl look ahead and whatnot. But then we move on to a whole bunch of other stuff where we talk about the life of coaching, the differences in today's football game versus the football game of 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago and beyond. How these student-athletes today have a whole new set of opportunities at their fingertips than a lot of people had in 2010, 2005, 1995, whatever. And how he's going to navigate that and lead this program, some of his coaching philosophies, and a whole lot more. I really do think there's a good one. Uh, no matter what, if you are interested in the specific school or not, a lot of interesting stuff, a lot of good st- football stuff to talk about. So hopefully you enjoy it. Again, that's with my guy, Rocco Del Puri, new head coach of Monsignor Farrell High School varsity football. An exciting episode. Uh, and yeah, we do get into Joe Burrow. Of course we do. Of course we do. How can we not talk about the man who is looking to become the first ever Heisman Trophy winner, national championship winner, Super Bowl champion? Can you believe Can you believe that that has not been done? It's insane. That's never been done. And this guy has a chance to do it in his second year, coming off a ACL injury, coming into a franchise that hasn't won a playoff game in well over 20 years. That's where we are today. That's where we are. So enjoy the episode. It's a good one. And uh, also, if you haven't seen or heard or clicked yet, Make sure to check out our YouTube page. Subway Sports Talk is now on YouTube, our channel. Subscribe to that. Watch some videos. Some of this episode will be up there as well. So Subway Sports Talk now on YouTube, as well as always on Apple Podcasts, App Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Before we get to the episode with Rock, I just got to tell you a couple words from our friends over at DraftKings. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. 
You know what that means? Can you do math that quickly? It doesn't matter. I'll tell you right now. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. And guess what? To all you New Yorkers there listening to Subway Sports Talk, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can now officially bet from almost a third of the country. And if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at $1 million of top prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code TBPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text TN Redline 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. Subway Sports Talk. Dan, 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 clear of the closing doors, please. All right, here we go. Subway Sports Talk. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in to SST on Apple Podcast app, Spotify, and now on YouTube, and now joining me, a very special guest. And if you are a Subway Sports Talk truther, an OG listener of SST, you are well aware of who this guy is. He hasn't been around in a while because we were we were lucky, realistically, to have him on SST a year ago because there was no high school football season. So Rocco Del Puri joined us every single week to talk NFL football last year. Now... This past season, he was on a championship run, a championship journey where they came out just short, runners-up in the New York City High School League. Fantastic run at Montana Farrell High School defensive coordinator. And now I'm honored to say head coach Rocco Del Puri is joining Subway Sports Talk. Rock, coach, what is up, my guy? The sixth ever head coach in Montana Farrell High School history. I'm happy to have you here, bud. Wow, Pete. That's some intro, man. Super excited to be back. My 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 first love may, may be Farrell football, but you better believe Subway Sports Talks my next love. There you go. Uh, <laughs> listen, I kept I kept up. Uh, you, my man Pat Boyle, absolutely crushed it. Uh, love you know love the new features of the show. You just keep rocking. Uh, I I, uh, I thank you for allowing me to be back on. Um, listen. Uh, I, I'd like to talk a little bit about those bungles. Uh, it was a good, good, good week of football again. Um, two eventful games after the, the divisional week. So the conference champions were must-see football. Who'd they? Not them same old bangles, that's for sure. 
And, you know, talking to a Staten Island defensive coach in yourself, the new head coach of Monsignor Farrell High School, there's another guy in the news, in the eyes of America right now, who's making waves, making some headlines, and he's close to home. I know a lot of people at Monsignor Farrell are rooting for this man. You personally know this guy, and that is Lou Anarumo. You had the privilege of coaching his son, having a relationship with him a little bit, and now seeing him shine on the stage, he's going to be coaching in the Super Bowl. Lou Anarumo, defensive coordinator of the Cincinnati Bengals, What's it like? A big week for football for you, right? This announcement, and now a buddy of yours, a guy who you could look up to, seeing him shine going into the Super Bowl. What's that like for you? Wow. Uh, yeah. Coach Anarumo, um, great coach, better person. And uh, he was kind enough to sit and clinic, you know, the Farrell football staff back in the uh, spring of 2020, right before the pandemic began, believe it or not. Uh Still have those notes. Uh, th those are notes that I hold near and dear to the heart and learned a lot that day, uh, you know, not just about defense, but about the coaching profession and how to get young men to believe in you and believe in your system. And you better believe he's got the Bengals believing. They're one game away from, you know, having something, a piece of hardware for the rest of their life and making history. Uh, what, a, what a second half performance, Pete. I, I, know, I know you were watching that with eyes wide open. Uh, just to make those adjustments and shut down a prolific offense like the Chiefs uh, is is remarkable and uh, couldn't happen to a better man. And you better believe he's going to have a great plan for Sean McVay and the Rams. Yeah, what does that mean to you, right? When you when you hear about adjustments, and this is a nice segue question. We're going to talk about the NFL for a minute here. We're obviously going to get into your story, but you hear about it all the time on Twitter, on uh you know, analysis shows at halftime or talk shows during the week. It's all about those halftime adjustments, right? But like that may be a little bit more fantasized than it is actually in reality sometimes because those halftimes fly, right? And you know that as good as anybody. You get in, you get a whiteboard before you finish drawing up your first play. It's like, all right, we got to get back out there. Like what? Like what happened, right? So when you see something like that on the biggest stage, come out with a plan to shut down Patrick Mahomes, then what does that mean to you? What do you think about? when you think about that type of halftime adjustment actually happening in real life? Well, it, it, it starts with the preparation that they put in as a staff prior to that game. They had beat them, I want to say, in week 17, home. Yeah. And, and I said, ooh, it's going to be tough to do that again three weeks later at Arrowhead. But uh, you better believe that, you know, when they were breaking down the Chiefs after the win over the Titans, that they had that, you know, drop eight, uh, play more coverage, defense ready to roll. And I think they went in at halftime and said, you know, we we gotta we gotta change up our looks defensively and namely start playing coverage and get you know get Pat to, you know, go through the full field read and and eliminate Tyreek Hill and eliminate uh Kelsey on all the crossing routes and all the over routes that he loves to hit. And he held on to the ball. They got home a couple times. And when you, and then Joe Burr, Joe Burr started going to work. It's like a perfect storm. And and I believe football is a game of momentum. So, and you saw it, you know, clear as day in the Bucks and Rams the week before. The Bucks stole momentum back and they they rallied back from 24 down. And then it was taken away like that. So uh, you know, they they jumped on the momentum train, the Bengals and here they are, 60 minutes away from the land of milk and honey. And, and you know what? You talk about Anna Rumo, the D.C., 
doing his thing and leading that group to being probably playing above their heads, right? Being extremely successful this year. And then on the other side, you just mentioned Joe Burr, Joe Shiesty. The, the kids, honestly, the high school kids who I'm seeing on a day-to-day -day basis are infatuated with Joe Burrow yeah. and what he's accomplishing right now. And everybody is across the world. But specifically, these younger folks are seeing Joe Burrow in year two of his career, in his mid-20s, coming from LSU, and now on a team in year one that was not very good, going through an ACL injury. Back, it's only 14 months since this guy tore his ACL, and he's playing in the Super Bowl, right? So this guy is grabbing America's heart, pulling at all the strings. As a coach and as a football lover like you are, when you see a dude like that get out there and change a franchise, I don't want to say by himself, right, because there's way more to the story, but being one of the leading forces behind that, how do you how do you lean into that? Or how do you look at that from your perspective? So, yeah, right now Joe Burrow is the face of the NFL. They, and you you hit the nail on the head. Uh, I got to believe Jersey sales are through the roof. Um, everyone's on his tail because he's a humble guy. He, uh, you know, he came a long way from being a backup at Ohio State, transferring to LSU. It goes, wins the, the natty, first pick of the draft, hits adversity, torn ACL. So the kids are a battle. The kid battles, man. And as a competitor as a coach as a teammate you ride with that and you know it's a they feel pretty dangerous right now pete and, and when you feel dangerous a lot of good things could happen so you know <laughs> I, I see them going in there and winning i really do they just got a lot of momentum and they're, they're playing fearless so it's exciting and yeah uh, I, I went through this on last week's episode before he even took down the chiefs but i said i went through every single first overall pick quarterback all the way back to 1983 when John Elway was picked number one overall. That was before and, our time. Yeah. Yes, it was. And never, never has a number one overall pick quarterback made a Super Bowl in year two. Never, not once. Wow. We have a few close, right? So Elway made the playoffs in year two, Super Bowl run in year three. Patrick Mahomes wasn't number one overall pick, by the way, but in his second year as a starter, third year overall, he went to the Super Bowl. Jared Goff in his third year made that Super Bowl run. And let's be honest, right? Jared Goff and Joe Burrow, they ain't really on the same plane right now, right? No way. So, you know, Eli Manning is a number one overall pick technically who was close. He had a playoff uh, appearance in year two and three, Super Bowl run in year four, right? So, and that's like about it. Peyton Manning didn't get a playoff win until year six. Yeah, so he struggled. Six, you yep. know what I'm saying? So what Joe Burrow was on pace for last week, was unprecedented. And now that he's here with a Super Bowl appearance and a possible Super Bowl win, if he does this, this will be the quickest turnaround ever for a number one overall pick to flip their franchise into a championship winner. That is unbelievably special. And it makes a lot of sense that all these uh, high school athletes that we interact with on a daily basis are looking up to this guy like he's he's that dude. He is that dude. I, I could tell you one person who's... uh who's got the covers over their head. That's our disgruntled Miami Dolphin fan, uh, <laughs> Coach Mule. Yeah. Poor guy tells me, you know, the the the, uh, the Dolphins tried to trade three picks for Joe Burrows. They knew he they knew he was going to be the real deal. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, yeah, he definitely jumped onto the scene, Joe, and uh, it's exciting for the game of football. The last two weeks of football, Pete, have been, you know, I, I use this word a lot, tremendous to say the least. Um, 
Every game, I believe, ended by three, multiple games in overtime. Uh, NFL's booming right now. Super Bowl's going to be awesome. Um, Eminem's performing at halftime. Matthew Stafford, Detroit got that close. Not yes. so close. But... They're along for the ride, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. It's like Stafford's bringing along Detroit. Joe Burrow's bringing along LSU. We got a couple other uh, groups of people who are getting brought along for the ride on this one. I think Lou Anarumo's bringing along Staten Island with him to the, to the Super Bowl a little bit here. So it's good stuff. But let's talk about one more thing here NFL-wise because the Super Bowl is a week and a half away. It's a week yeah. and a half away. So we want to talk more about about you, Rock, about your new endeavor as the head coach at Farrell. Um, but my question to you on Matt Stafford, since you just brought him up, so much is made all the time about, you know, who's the, who's that dude? Who's this good? Who's that good? Who's a system quarterback? Who's the real stud here? You know, who are you voting for for MVP? You hear it in all sports, right? All walks of life. And Matt Stafford has been one of these guys who has been very hard to read for a long time. He's on a franchise that's not very well off, the Detroit Lions, but he has great numbers. People say he's a loser. He's a stat patter. No, he's actually elite. He just can't show it. When you hear all that stuff, and then you see him get traded to the Rams, and they end up in a Super Bowl, where do you think like that meshes? Do you think like the situation clearly plays a big role into it, right? So how do you think that meshes? Where Stafford has this talent, but he also had a bad situation. Joe Burrow, on the other hand, had this bad situation, kind of flipped it, and now these two are facing off in a weird way. Similar upbringings, Joe Burrow flipped it much quicker, and now Stafford with his new team doing it. So when you think of Stafford and his legacy, per se, what do you think about, and how much do you think what can happen in two weeks can change how we look about Stafford forever? So that that's a great question, and and I'll say this. If, if Stafford wins, yeah, we will look at his legacy a little different because he did. He won the big one. And you're in, you know, you're in a group of people that a lot of quarterbacks wish they were in that group. And uh, he lucked out going to the Rams, a win now team that they said, you know, we're going for it this year. They grabbed Odell Beckham. They grabbed Von Miller. They traded for uh, Jalen Ramsey before that. So they don't have a first. The next time they got a first round draft pick, Little Rock will be the first pick. So, you know, that's a little five foot three nose guard. But, you know, so Stafford, uh, he, 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 he had to work out for him that he went to a system that he would flourish in the, you know, the Rams wide zone boot and plays to his strengths of downfield throws and, and moving in the play action. And uh, I, I think McVay is as good of a coach in this league. And they caught fire and a new situation in L.A. He, he, and he's a, uh, you know, he's not he's not an outgoing guy that would get lost in the limelight in L.A. He he took it for what it's worth. And same thing. He's he's 60 minutes away from winning the biggest game of his career. So let's take that and segue towards some stuff with you. Again, Coach Rocco Del Piri, head coach of Monsignor Farrell High School as of just last week. So exciting times. And uh I had a feeling I might be able to get you booked on this on this show, but I know it's big stuff, you know. So let's start. Let's start with this here. When when you got announced as the head coach at Monsignor Farrell, it is not to be downplayed, because as I mentioned in the open, if you forgot, you are the sixth head coach in this program's history. This program has been around for just under sixty years, fifty-eight years. You're following some giant footsteps. Right, the name, the stadium just got named 
coached Dennis Barrett Stadium this past season. He was a giant of a man, of a football coach, right? So I know you understand the gravity that this position holds. And I know you probably thought about this day for a long time, but when it happened, Rock, when you found out official, it's officially official, you're the head coach of the Lions. What was that like for starters? And then we can get into the reaction of everybody else when they found out too. It, it was, uh, I mean, I, you know, I, I was speechless at the time and I, I may still be it was a lifelong dream. Uh, I would have, you know, I'd wait forever for it. It's uh, that special to me. And I, I hold the program in the highest regard uh, outside of my, my family. It's next. And uh, it, it was, it, it was super exciting. Uh, I, I, you know, couldn't wait to get to work the next day to, you know, put my stamp on it. And I have big shoes to fill and it, you know, it may be a daunting task to some, but for me, this is, it's my dream and, and I'm going to give everything I have. And I, I owe it to the men who coached the program before me. And I owe it to the players that wore the Jersey the right way, like yourself, Mr. Kennedy. And, um, we have a great support system and we have great alumni and we have great players and we have great coaches. So, um, I'm just super excited and it's an honor and a privilege. And, uh, I, I won't let anyone down, including you and, and including, you know, my, my past players that I coached in my, in my family. So I'm excited, man. Can't wait to yeah. hear you on local live, couple home <laughs> games. Got the best. We had the we had the best play by play, way better than Tony Romo. They can't touch you, my man. I can't wait. Let's go. I can't wait either, man. It's it's an exciting season that we just had. Obviously, with the semifinal win, the championship appearance, trying to repeat that and step up one more step. Obviously, coming forward into this next season. And you mentioned a few people there. You mentioned myself. Thank you. Of course, I had your support. And another moment to think about here that I was lucky enough to be involved with and, and see firsthand was that Zoom with the program, with the players and the parents and the, and the coaches and everyone who's close to the program where Coach Garofola was everything but actually holding a torch and passing it to you, but he was passing that torch on to you, right? What did that mean to you to be able to sit next to Coach Groff and literally have that moment in real time and have all the closest people to the program see it in real time, the official announcement and the passing of the torch, Coach Croft to Coach Dell as the new head coach. What was that like for you? So it, it was everything I dreamed of um, to have the entire program there, to have, you know, my wife, my loved ones, and for Coach to, you know, appoint me as the coach in front of the program was was special. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a special day, you know, and I think he – he knows that the program's in good hands. And uh, listen, Pete, here's the real reality. Uh, same message, different messenger, bud. So it's business as usual at 2900 Amboy Road. Um, he, he, he made me into the coach I am. And I, I, I said this, and, and this holds true. Uh, he always empowered me. He always inspired me, always motivated me to be the coach I am, to be the educator I am. And uh, I won't let him down. And, uh, you know, I, I, I know he's proud right now knowing that, you know, his guy's in this seat and uh, he's there with me every step of the way to guide me and help me and, you know, uh, keep, keep breeding great young men like we have. Yeah, and it's, it's a special moment 
And it was one of those things that, you know, you, you wait for it, you know, all day you're excited and then it hits and then boom, you're in front of 150 plus people and talking, you know, putting your heart in your sleeve. And anybody who knows you knows that putting your heart in your sleeve is not something new to you. That's something you do every single day. Right. And I would even go to add, and this is more of a personal, you know, add to the story that I'll, I'll put on here. Anybody who's ever watched you coach, right? Just watched you coach from afar. They hear the energy. They hear that deep voice you got. They hear the defensive calls and, and, and the whatnot going on with the specifics of defense that, you know, I may or may not understand because I didn't play defense, right? But no, nah, you know, they, they hear the outside stuff. But what they don't see every day is that after you, you know, went to the entire program, accepting the role as head coach and taking the congratulations and talking to people, that the next day you were back in for workouts. The next day you were with all the student athletes at the school, right? And that's what it's all about, right? It's at the ground floor. And that's something that when you coached me for four years, which was incredibly lucky, if you think about it, right? You started off way back when freshman, freshman team coach, when I went to JV, so did you. Yeah. I moved up with you. So did I, right? We, we went through the same progression. So I saw you do it for four years, which was lucky. And what people who only hear you yelling from the sideline about the coverage or ref, I can't believe he called that, that, that penalty there, or let's go, let's go foul. <laughs> who, who's hungry, right? Like all these things that you hear on the outside about coach Rocco Del Puri. That's only the surface. That's the outside for a reason. We all seen on the inside, the groundwork that you have laid with so many student athletes about every day, not about Saturdays, not about Friday nights, about Monday through Sunday, 365. And the fact that this big announcement comes on Monday and Tuesday, you're at workouts ready to get some lifts with coach Schmitty. To me, that's obvious, right? But talk, talk to that point of how come that's so important to you to be the full package not just as a coach, but a mentor for these kids. So, you know, uh, as a, as a coach, we, we, you know, and I asked you this, but we ask our student athletes to sacrifice so much. So, you know, to do well in school, you know, early mornings, late nights, you know, the hot days in the summer, um, you know, Fridays and Saturdays in the fall. So uh, how could I not give that same effort each day? Right. And day in and day out, I, I owe it to you as the player, Pete, to do everything in my power. And I, I told them and this will never change. You know, I'm going to give the same energy, the same emotion and the same excitement every day, you know, because because I believe the players will do so, too. And just the the out, outpouring support and love that I received that day from, you know, my past players, alumni, um, family members co-workers the faculty from the school even rivals brother a lot of people were kind enough to reach out and say you know congratulations best of luck and uh that that makes you want to work even harder it makes you want to work even harder so uh, i said this this is not a job for me because it's not work you know i believe this this is why you know this is why i'm here so how i you know I know the falls a long way away, but we got a lot of work to do to get there and we'll work every day. It's like shave. It's like shaving. If if you miss one day of coaching, you, right. You look like a bum. Wait, I'm sorry. If you shave, if you miss one day of shaving, you look like a bum. That's same with coaching. Miss one right. day. You look like a bum. And it, it could happen that quick. And that's why it is important to, to have that groundwork in. And it's also important 
to have a foundation, which obviously was set last year with you know you guys going to make a championship run, facing off Iona in the in the New York City Championship, and now as a coach, as the 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 top leader, right? Obviously, you were top, one of the top assistants. You were defensive coordinator last year. Now you're the guy, right? You're the guy who's getting questioned by a reporter after a game. You're the guy who every parent's calling. You're the guy who every kid's going to come to. You're the guy who every teacher's going to come. Right? You're now that dude, right? So. You have this great season last year. Now expectations are up, obviously. And now these these kids, these these young men, I really got to call them, right? These young men, these student athletes, they have an expectation. How do you balance now going to the moon, right? Striving for the moon, and but also making sure they understand that it doesn't just happen on Fridays, right? They got to do the whole thing to get there. They got to work the whole summer. They got to go to camp. They got to uh, weightlift. They got to stretch. They got to be in shape. So how do you balance the expectations of making a run with making sure that they're grounded with putting in the work Monday through Friday, Monday through Sunday? You forgot that I'm also the guy now on Subway Sports Talk. So that <laughs> was one of the perks too. But absolutely. Um, so the the standard is the standard that we we want to get back into that game and and ultimately win it. Um, you know, they're gonna know along the line the work that needs to go into that. And uh I got a lot of respect for the 2021 team, Pete. Um, that team put some major, major hard work in to get to that point. Uh, you know, that team was worried there wasn't going to be a season. Those seniors played a shortened spring season, right, for their junior year due to the, the pandemic. And each day they came to work, you know, with that in the back of their mind that they had to they appreciate everything because – you never know when it could be gone. And uh, they set a bar of hard work that I believe are, are new rising seniors, you know, juniors right now in, in school terms where seniors in football are understand that that's the standard and they're going to have to hold those accountable too. And uh, me as the head coach, same with the coaches, are, you know, going to demand two things. We work hard and we have some fun. We're going to have a lot of fun. At 2900 Amboy Road, we're going to win football games and, and we're going to strive to get better each and every day and play our best football in November. And yeah, that is that's what it's all about, right? And it doesn't it doesn't start tomorrow. It started yesterday, right? Like it's it's been going on and that's the that's the same energy you got to keep up throughout. And, and now I want to talk about some of those guys, right? Because the luxury that you have is that foundation you just spoke of. There was a bunch of talented seniors who made a huge difference on this program last season. There's some juniors who made some plays last year as yep. well. And those juniors are becoming seniors. They'll become your captains. They'll become your leaders. And uh, you're expecting big things out of some of those guys. So, and you know, some juniors too, because there were some sophomores on this team last year who made Absolutely. an impact, right? So now that you are in the position here to lead the, this entire program, you know, who, who are you thinking about? What what type of players do you need to come out and give that extraordinary effort that take the same path that your seniors from last year did? Yeah, I think and they, they had the opportunity to learn from some great seniors that, you know, uh, we'll, we'll miss along the way. But, uh, yeah, we got a strong nucleus coming back, um, you know, and uh, it, it starts with Messiah Birch. Uh, you know, I was, I'm going to go on here and say the – the best player in New York City, you know, a dynamic electric running back, um, you know, could score from anywhere on the field, any touch, 
uh, you know, he'll, he'll keep uh, a lot of defensive coordinators up at night, you know, prior to that game. And uh, we have a lot of pieces around him. Quarterback Christian Pinto uh, had won eight games as a sophomore in the New York City AAA division. Um, the amount of work he's put in since the day that championship ended to now, I've already seen his game, you know, rise. And uh, I expect him to be one of the, if not the, top QB in the league. I feel that good about him there. Um, amongst others, skill-wise, Sean Keegan, uh, Justin Guzman, Nick Sufrin, who started at corner. He was a so one of the sophomore boys, too. He'll be playing some receiver. But, uh, you know, uh, we're going to start and stop with our offense and defensive line. And, uh, you know, one of uh, one of our guys in the middle there, that he'll be a three-year starter now, Anthony Wardaddy Mazza. Um, this is your lunch pail program type kid that is um doesn't doesn't say much but his play talks on the field so he he had more pancakes last year than i hop and i expect <laughs> that it's the truth pete and i expect the same thing his counterpart brady quinn another sophomore who started on varsity um he's someone i'm looking forward to uh having another solid solid season he'll be a junior um you know amongst others a uh, few seniors that we're looking to to step up and, and really uh, find a role and, and make some plays. On defense, uh, we turn our whole secondary. Uh, John Caulfield. So, you know, he he was a two-year starter already, started as a sophomore, junior this past season. Uh, dynamic, do-it-all type guy. Um, besides uh, shutdown safety, he was our punter. And as the year went on, started getting touches on offense and there'll be plenty more where that came from this coming year. Uh, he'll be what we call an iron man. So the only break he'll get is on the kickoff team, but <laughs> he, he's shown some in colleges are really interested in him. Uh, the, these guys are going to have a big, big spring as we'll go up and down the Northeast to various uh, camps and seven on seven tournaments. So a lot of exciting things in Oakwood um, looking forward to our two, Junior defensive lineman who played in the varsity last year, Yasir De Jesus and Luis Martinez. Um, they're working day in and day out with Coach Schmitty. He's making them pop. So they got big, big springs ahead. And uh, we, we had a freshman on varsity this year, Seth Clark, that uh, each college that's came in this spring to evaluate our boys keep asking, who's this guy? Who's this guy? So looking forward to Seth jumping on the scene as a sophomore, amongst others. You know, hey, I could talk all day about the Lions, brother. Talk about every single guy, of course, right? But we got other stuff to talk about. And you said something that I actually really wanted to get into. And I think this is a topic that people from Farrell and not from Farrell could be interested in. It's just one of those things that has changed so much about the game of football. And you hear about it at the highest level. So you hear about quarterbacks coming into the league. Right? We're just talking about Joe Burrow, Joe Burr, Joe Shiesty, right? Like he is one of the guys who did this seven on sevens and camps. Rock, like you've been coaching now for what? Probably what? 16 years. 16 years. And then you played for some years before that. So can you talk about the difference between, I don't even know if you want, what do you want to go 10 years ago? I graduated 10 years ago and we did maybe one or two seven on sevens. Now one or two seven on sevens is a week of football for, yep. for some, some of these programs, right? So can you talk about the difference that that's made on some of these players and on some of these programs you know, just the 
wealth of knowledge and experience that you can gain from the opportunities that exist with these seven on sevens and camps and pro days and et cetera, that have just exploded over the past five years or so and how you've seen that and incorporated it into your coaching. So absolutely. Uh, I'm a big fan of the, the college camps and the seven on seven work for a, a variety of reasons. Um, our boys love football, Pete. So it's, it's exciting that they got a football in their hand, you know, uh, 10 months out of the year. So um, these camps are a great way for our boys to showcase their skills, you know, versus uh, a, a wide, you know, a wide audience of players from around the Northeast. You know, we play our, our, our normal opponents, the, the AAA, a few Island schools. When we go to these seven on sevens and these college camps, they're getting exposed to some of competition they'll never see. And, they're able to be evaluated by colleges. And that's today the college's way of seeing, hey, is Peter Kennedy a Division One football player? Yeah, what's he measure at? And, and trust me, if we would have had these seven-on-sevens back in 2010, kid, you would have been on ESPN. They don't yeah. know. Your fans don't know. Three-sport athlete. You know. The, uh, the, choice, the choice route king. They'll find they out. Put, They'll find they out. used to put two on you. Well, if we get back to Farrell, if I if I get back to Farrell alumni game, you're my first pick. Let's go, baby! I can, yeah. still, I can touch any ball. You know, Lucis. Shout out to Lucis Cicero. He might have the best hands, but I think I could take him with some steps at this point. You know, so uh, Lou, Lou, I'll Lou don't get Lou don't get the yak. He gets the first down. <laughs> yes, exactly. Possession. Yeah, receiver. you're yeah, you're yards after catch cat. You're like you're like Jamar Chase. You get I get you. Oh we gosh, hit you with a screen. You're going. That's nice. But depending if I'm yeah, playing so, against like some ignorance, maybe. But what, what you're seeing now is um, athletes in New York City are, are playing football, you know, like I said, 10 months out of the year. And uh, the skills in the past game and, you know, skill-wide play has gotten a lot better. There's, there's flag leagues galore. So kids are starting younger with that. And they're, they're, uh, the hand-eye coordination, the QB mechanics are all – you know, fine, fine tuned because they're doing it more. So that's exciting right. to see. Right. Need this some more sheer, work for the linemen, man, like me. That's true. It's a great point. And the sheer reps that a quarterback gets in today's football game versus what they got 10, 20, 30 years ago. Geez. I mean, yep. if you go back, if you go back way back, it's completely different, but you're right. There's not an equivalent per se for the linemen. Now, yeah, at the camps, they do their non-pad, you know, more hand, hand battling and whatnot, a little forearm shiva action, perhaps. I know that's a term that you like to throw around, but uh, <laughs> a little forearm shiva. So it's not the same, but the reps that these receivers, these DBs, these quarterbacks get is insane. And it can put them on a path to being so much more comfortable once the fall rolls around. Now, with that being said, is there anything that as a head coach of a regular football team, not a flag team, not a seven on seven team, as a head coach of a regular football team that you have to be cautious of, or that you have to remind your kids, uh, your, your athletes, Hey, you're not uh Jamar chase. You know, you, you're not uh Des Bryant. Yeah. You're not this guy. You're not that guy. They, they might not even know Des Bryant. He's, he's a little bit older now, but you, you get the point. Is there anything that you have to make sure is understood that you might have to reel back on, or are you saying, get all these reps, get all this experience, test yourself against all this and that, so is there a balance there? Is there any negatives, any drawbacks you have to be careful with as a head coach? There is. And uh, 
you worry about wear and tear. You know, you do too much of this, and Coach Smitty will tell you, you know, the best the best ability is availability, right? So you go to all these camps and do all this work, and your body breaks down. But it's 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 necessary to go. But overkill is something that we we worry about. So we we're creative in how we let our kids choose their camps. You know, um, are you going for the camp for experience? Are you going to the camp because you see yourself playing there in a few years? And um, the you know there's there's football purists who say seven on seven is not real football. I get it. Um, we enjoy it for the competition aspect for our team. It's always great to compete, and it's good from uh, pass game and a defensive backfield coverage wise to implement our schemes. Um, but you don't want to do too much of that because yeah, football's 11 on 11 with a rush and you see some of the receivers get a little creative and try and be old Del Beckham and do the icky shuffle before they go to catch <laughs> a pass. And that's not going to work. You know, that's not going to work when you got uh, a three-star defensive end rushing your QB so, um, so that's yeah, a great question to knock the ball out. You know, that's right. As a receiver, the- you get too comfortable going across the middle in seven on seven. You know, you get too comfortable going up for a ball on a post or on a deep shot because, yep. you know, at, at most you're just going to get pushed over, right? At most, you're just going to get knocked down to the ground. You're going to land on somebody else in the real game. Different. Yep. A little bit different, right? When and John Caulfield's waiting for you. <laughs> exactly. And the quarterbacks, it's the same concept. You know, I'm sure with the seven on sevens now, they're pretty smart with it. There's probably a count, I have to imagine. Yeah, four right? seconds. Not gonna, let them, not gonna let them sit back there for eight seconds. Uh, but still, they get comfortable. They don't have to see the pocket the way they would have to in a normal situation, right? Because everyone talks about athleticism for quarterback and they think about straight line speed, taking off on third and seven, picking up a first down. Obviously, that stuff's important. But the quick twitch the quick twitch reactivity inside the pocket, the athleticism inside the pocket to move from your normal drop back to up a step to the right. That's the stuff that maybe doesn't get incorporated there uh, quite as much, but still, you know, the reps are still positive. I have to imagine, you know, without a doubt, without a doubt. It's a, it's, it's a good, it's a good thing for the spring. It's a good thing for the, the kids to get out there and play, but you can develop bad habits. So we, yeah. we, we're, we're uh, aware of that for sure. Yeah. So now my, my next question here on this front is in regards to your experience as a coach in general. So, you know, you coach defense when I, when I was with you, every, I think every, all four of those years you were a defensive coach, but you've had experience now at this point, coaching offense, coaching offensive line, coaching all sorts of positions. And, you know, as a defensive coordinator, you can't just be, on, on your game about D-line. You got to be up there on the linebackers, on the on the defensive backs. You know, you've done your fair share of special teams. Taking all this this experience that you've put together over the past 15 to 20 years now, what do you think is most important in that regard now as the head coach? Because even if you know, and I don't know what the, what the word is, doesn't really matter, but, but you know, some head coaches are defensive specialists. Some head coaches are offensive specialists. You had experience on both sides of the football. How important is that to you to feel strong about your positions on both sides, offense and defense? Well, you know, I think it starts with the fundamentals of each position. And as the head coach, I need to monitor and make sure our coaches are working these techniques and these individual skills 
and um, we're you know we're implementing our schemes you know in in a way that our our, our athletes are retaining the information and being able to produce. Um, we got to properly practice these skills, Pete. You know, I believe in repetition. It's it's important. Um, you know, we want to make these these experiences enjoyable where they develop these skills, they develop game intelligence. And, and I believe playing football should be fun. Uh, you know, I want the kids playing with a smile and we're going to instill this in every player. And, um, you know, you could always control your outcome, but seldom you could control the outcome of the game. So um, we're going to set goals for the team, you know, collectively and individually. These goals are going to be challenging. We're going to require them to, you know, go above and beyond. Um, and we're going to look to improve day by day. And I believe if we do that, we're, we're going to be more than fine. Um, I'm excited. We're, we're surrounded by great men and we're surrounded by great players. There's a lot of great senior leaders. Um, I'm fortunate enough that this senior group, the the Nick Rosinis, you know, the the John Caulfields, the Justin Guzman's, to the Anthony Mazes, the, these boys are leaders. So I can rest easy at night knowing our coaches are going to instill their their techniques. They're going to work with their position groups and then collectively into the separate groups of offense, defense, and specials. And we should put a, a product out on the field that Oakwood's going to be proud of. Hopefully a lot, of, a lot of house calls from none other than Subway Sports Talk's own. Peter Kennedy. I mean, I got to figure out. I only really went house call on one guy. It was, I know. It was I love that. Shout out. I love the that. House calls and the best, none other than the big time stepping act. Was it now 45, 55? Was it past the 50? That one run he scooted out on the counter in the playoff game. Was that yep, over yep. 50? That house yeah. call perhaps the most exciting one. But Ethan Yak awesome. house call. I might have to find a new candidate for the house call this year. And I'm looking forward to it, honestly. Definitely. You got some good one-liners. <laughs> you got to keep it interesting in there. You know, you got to, you got to keep people on their toes. Got to have fun with it. As a broadcaster, I try to have fun with it too. You know, I obviously I take it serious and I want to get my calls right. I want to keep everybody informed, but if I'm not having fun, you're not going to have fun at home. So I'm trying to have my, no doubt. my fun there too with Joe Logan. Uh, Rock, my last question for you, and then I'll let you close out with whatever you want. Cause uh, you know, we're, we're going to get ready to say goodbye in a little bit here. Sure. This one is not particularly feral. It could be, could not be. doesn't really matter. You're coaching for 15 plus years now. You just became a head coach of a program that you dreamed of becoming a head coach. What would you say to young coaches out there? People who maybe just graduated college who are interested. Maybe they never quite reached out to become part of that staff back at their old school or at their college or at a different school that they moved to the new neighborhood doesn't matter, right? What would you say to a young coach who either just started in the industry or is thinking about taking that leap and becoming part of a program? You know, do you have any advice or what would you just say in words of encouragement? Yeah, absolutely. So learn something positive from every experience. And uh, when I did my masters at Brooklyn college, one of the professors said, be a lifelong learner. And, and I believe that, you know, that hit right home with me. And, you know, I've only coached at Monsignor Farrell, Pete, but you know, I did my homework elsewhere. And, um, you know, I, I've been fortunate enough to come across coaches 
from other sports, my, you know, um, especially at Newdorp. Uh, I'm a phys ed teacher with 12 other te teachers and five or six of them are coaches and successful ones. So, um, you know, I, I would suggest pursuing education every day. You know, you, the, um, you know, you got to really be flexible enough that you're willing to reach your potential and exceed personal experience. And then I think you never compromise your principles or your integrity for short-term success because, you know, ultimately sustains like success comes from a solid foundation done. They built over time. Right. And, um, just keep con continually pushing yourself. And I said this and I'll say it again, like never doubt that you're the one and, and you could have your dream. It's damn good. Never stop learning. Never doubt you're the one because you can have the dream. That's right. That's right. There. That might be the tagline of the episode. That's a beautiful thing. Coach Rocco Del Piori, head coach of Monsignor Farrell High School, the sixth ever head coach in 58 years of the historic program over there in Staten Island. And uh, yeah, maybe I'm biased because I, I went there and played there. But if you know anybody from the island, they know the Lions, they're roaring. And yes, Coach Rocco Del Piori has them still roaring through the twenties and beyond. So rock any last words for subway sports talk, anything to say on your way out here before you say goodbye. Uh, Pete, thank you. Uh, love what you do. Um, you know, I, listen, I, uh, I'm excited right now. Uh, I know we got a long road ahead and I'm, I'm enjoying every moment. It's, it's not what we have to do. It's what we get to do. And I get to be the head football coach of Monsignor Farrell. So it was a dream. Um, now the dream is to give the the men in our program the same experience I had. And that was, you know, a great education and great lifelong experiences learned through the great game of football. So I can't thank you enough. Um, hopefully I get invited back for the pre-Super Bowl talk with Patty Boyle. Yes, I'd love to get you to to have a podcast with the entire CHSFL because you're Amen. that good. They need to Thank be exposed to, in my opinion, you know, one of one of the best in the business at this right now. And like you're gonna keep pursuing your dream and and before you know it, you'll be calling, you know, the next not the next Joe Super Bowl, Burns. maybe the next <laughs> the next national championship. There we oh, go. Man. Something like that. We'll see what happens. You know, I and I I think coaching cross-references life in a million ways. Obviously, everyone always makes the comparison between sports and life in general. But in particular, some of the stuff you said about coaching and learning forever, never stopping to learn and never doubting yourself. And one day you can get what you want, right? One day you can reach that goal. And now I've been becoming sort of a coach for broadcasting too, right? Some of the students over at, at Farrell in the broadcast program, shout out to my guys, Rob Russo, Joe Logan, a bunch of other Nick Love Foster them. Students. Right, because I'm assuming, obviously, some normal Subway Sports Talk listeners listening. Who the hell are all these people you're talking about? But assuming we'll have some foul listeners, you know, shout out to those guys. And I get excited coaching them up. Not that I'm a perfect broadcaster, because I'm not. I'm still young in this game. I'm still trying to get a whole lot better at this. That's why I do it every single week to try and get better and keep pushing forward. But, you know, I try to learn from every broadcast I listen to. And like you kind of were alluding to before, you know, whether you completely agree with somebody whether you think they did the best job in the world or they did a bad job, you can learn from anybody. You can learn from the worst broadcaster. You can learn from the best broadcaster. You can learn from a great coach 
a coach that you didn't really uh, vibe with as much, right? So every experience can push you forward. And that's why sports coaching and all these things equate to life so well. And that's why I was listening to you talk. I was like, hmm, makes a lot of sense in everything. Never stop learning. Never try, stop trying to get better. Never doubt yourself. And you can reach your goals. I loved it. So Rock, thank you for the inspiration. I'm excited to be part of this uh, journey from where I'm at, at Farrell and as a former player and friend of yours. So I'm, I'm thrilled. The program is in amazing hands. I know a lot of people agree. And uh, man, the fall can't come soon enough. I'll tell you that much. I can't come soon enough. Nah, not yet. We need Coach Smitty to get them back squatting a little more, and then we'll play. <laughs> That's a good point. That's, That's going to be point. the advantage. You heard it here. You heard it here on February 1st, bud. Our boy, our boy Rob Schmidt's going to be the advantage. A lot hey, of people said we lost that championship in the weight room. Not this year. Nah, that's the truth. And Schmitty, uh, man, those kids respond to him. You talked about bringing energy. You talked about learning and bettering yourself and never doubting that you're the one. Man, that's what I see in him every day. And All day. It's easy to say it as being a great friend to him, but actually just seeing it, when he's down there working out with all those student athletes every single day, he would work out from three o'clock till 10 PM. If he had to, he wouldn't care. He is about the business. He's about getting better. He's about learning and teaching these kids what they need, man. It's beautiful. So shout out to Schmitty. shout out to everybody on the staff and beyond at the school and beyond all the alumni out there. Hopefully y'all enjoyed this episode. It was fun for me. Rock. Hopefully it was fun for you. Um, any last words just, or is it time for goodbye? Just a big thank you to, to the man running the show, Pete Kennedy. Thanks so much. Via Fidelis. Via Fidelis. There you go. Subway Sports Talk, y'all. Thanks for listening. Cheers.